This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. Hi, I'm Mimi Secor, nurse practitioner, ReachMD radio host, and with me today is a very special guest, nurse practitioner Helen Carcio. Welcome, Helen. Well, thank you, Mimi. I'm delighted to be here with you and with ReachMD. Well, Helen, I know you're an expert in overactive bladder and continence care and pelvic health, and I also know you're an entrepreneur, and you are the founder and director of the Continence Center of New England in South Deerfield, Massachusetts. Correct. And I have learned so much from you over the years, and I'm thrilled you're here with us today to talk more about this very important, underappreciated topic. So welcome, Helen. Thank you very much, Mimi. So what are some of the statistics related to this problem? Well, they're very surprising. They're shocking. Across the country, there's 22 million individuals who have some form of a bladder problem, and 75% of them are women, which I'm sure isn't a surprise to you at all. But the amazing thing is that only 50% of them will even talk about it to their providers. Now, Helen, that's shocking. Do you think it's a little bit different for nurse practitioners? Do you think they open up a little bit more with us? Or? Well, that's why I feel the nurse practitioner is ideal for this situation. They are kind and caring, as all providers are, but they also seem to have more of a focus on education. And plus, they love promoting wellness. It's, and we're going to talk later about a, a holistic approach yes. that I advocate. Yes. And I think that is what's so unique about us as nurse practitioners, combining the best of nursing and medicine. And one of those aspects is really patient Ex- education and empowerment. Exactly. I, I know you're hugely passionate about this subject. I am. And where does that come from? Well, I'm really glad you asked that, Mimi. I was raised with an Irish grandmother who had 12 kids. And she lived with my family, and she leaked urine all the time. And it was almost to the point that I was embarrassed to bring people into my home because the house, the cushion, smelled of urine. And I see her face in every single woman that I sit across from. And I'm saying, here's to you, Grandma Kelly. I'm going to help you get better through them. Wow, that's very special, Helen. Thank you. And talk about a memory. Those sensory memories are just so powerful. That's right. What is this pelvic health that you now are talking about in relation to the bladder issues? Well, it's an old term with a new kind of glint. And it used to be called incontinence, which is a negative image. Then it went to continence, but that was maybe too focused. So now we call it pelvic health and wellness. And pelvic health means any organ in the pelvis, but where we're particularly focusing on is the bladder and the pelvic floor muscle. So Mm. it's a whole new concept with a positive glint to it. I like that. Incontinence is certainly very negative. It is. And plus, women don't understand what it is. Absolutely. But they know their pelvis. They know their pelvis. (laughs) (laughs) And what is pelvic floor rehabilitation? Pelvic floor rehabilitation is part of a program, part of a pelvic wellness program. And a lot of people think it's just physical therapy, but it is physical therapy. We're teaching how to do exercises of the pelvic floor muscle. But it's using something called biofeedback, electrical stimulation, working on that all-important levator muscle, which goes from your pubic bone to your sacrum. You call that the sling muscle, don't you? It is like a sling. It's a big trampoline. And when you cough, things bounce off. And if your trampoline doesn't hold things up, you're going to leak. 
Well, that's a certainly a problem, as we know. And how common is this problem, Helen? It's extremely common. And we are all, as I'm reminded every day when I look in the mirror, we're all aging and sagging. The baby boomers born in 1946 to 64 are now approaching their 70s. So it's going to be the big problem of tomorrow. It's going to increase by 60% in the next 10 years. That number is really frightening. And Staggering. Another reason why I think it's so important for nurse practitioners and other advanced practice clinicians to really get on board with this information. So thank you for being here, Helen. Why do you think nurse practitioners offer such a potential unique approach in dealing with this? Well, as I said, it's their genre, it's their niche. Lack of available services will open doors for them. They're going to fill a need because physicians care, but they are very busy with their practices. So it's a really nice role as an adjunct, whether they are an intrapreneur or an entrepreneur. Well, I think you need to clarify those terminologies. Well, an intrapreneur, as we don't hear that much as we know about the entrepreneur, but an intrapreneur is someone who has an idea. And like many of you listening, they might be in a private physician practice or might be employed by a hospital. And they say, whoa, what I'd love to do is bring to this community access to health care, and I'd like to set up a pelvic health program. And then they go through the appropriate people. The problem that I would warn them about is make sure nobody steals your idea. And also, sometimes you can't teach old dogs new tricks, but that's why we always talk about there actually can be a lucrative business line. Now, briefly, on the other hand, we have the entrepreneur, who, as we all know, is someone who comes up with an idea. She's more independent, and she'll set up these programs. Like you. Independently, like me. She has to worry about financial backing and all those things. Because right now, you're helping people launch programs all over the country through your program. That you I am. I've been doing this for about 12 years and set up hundreds of people, both with physicians and with the advanced practice clinician. Awesome. We'll talk more about how people can get connected with you at the end of the program. How do you think the new codes will affect this area of pelvic health? Well, that question's being asked all over the medical and nursing world. The new ICD-10 codes are out. They've been put off for a little while, but I've, I've done a lot of research, and as far as working with the pelvic health program, it's procedurally based. We use some physical therapy codes, but we talk to women about their constipation, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't feel that the impact is going to be there, which is really good news for us. That's better than good news because people are very fearful of the rollout of these new codes. They are. And, and also with the cuts in Medicare? Yes. What do you think about those cuts in Medicare in terms of the impact on this subject? At this point, there is, as far as my research goes, there is not going to be any impact why Medicare reimburses a pelvic wellness program so well is that, as I said, it's procedurally based and it's keeping women out of the OR and keeping them from getting decubitus ulcers when they're 95 years old. And falling down and breaking their hips because they slipped in their urine? And slipped in their urine or slipped in the middle of the night trying to get to the bathroom. It's 50% reason why women get into nursing homes because of that exact thing. A 50%? Oh, my gosh. And half of them never come out. We know that. We certainly Mm -hmm. know that. Wow. What do you think some of the barriers are going to be to setting up these programs? For the nurse practitioner, there are some. When I first started out, a huge barrier was being by myself. What would the community think of the nurse practitioner role? What would the community think of what we were doing? What would physicians think about what we were doing? How would I get the money? How would I find the space? 
And one of the things that really surprised me is that I was lonely. I was all by myself in the center, and it was very difficult. But I've made sure that everybody knows these barriers before they begin. So they're surmountable is the other thing. From the programs that I've been to that you've offered, sure. it's really great how you do point out some of these aspects that clinicians have to think about. Yeah. What does a typical visit involve? Well, it involves a lot. I end up using five or six codes for that one visit, which also is why you're able to be reimbursed so well. But they will come in, and I'll just say this very briefly. I will do an assessment of the pelvic floor. The big thing is I will put my fingers at 2 and 5 o'clock in the vagina and assess their pelvic floor muscle, which is the main thing that we're going to do. But my approach and the approach of most nurse practitioners is the holistic approach. So I'm going to ask, when was your last mammogram? Let's talk about vaginal estrogen. Do you have dyspareunia? Let's talk about obesity. Do we want to have you lose weight? So we'll assess all these things. Do you cough? Do you strain having a bowel movement? People never taught women how to have a bowel movement. We push instead of relax. Isn't that? I learned that from you, Helen. Yeah. Nobody teaches women how, or anyone how to have a bowel movement. And men are instinctively born with knowing how to go in the bathroom and relax and read the paper. Very good point. Field and stream. Field and stream. Or Playboy. Boston Red Sox. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, there has to be humor involved. There is. I suppose that's a good way to test for incontinence. Have them laugh. (laughs) And that's one of my mottos. Leak less and laugh more. I love your mottos. Fantastic. What equipment do people need if they're really thinking about getting into this kind of program? It's very cost-effective. There's a very good return on investment. So there is the biofeedback EMG machine, which is about between 2500 and $5,000, and then they need some electrical stimulation unit to do. So other than that, except for having to buy pessaries, it's excellent. So basically, you can set up a program for less than $6,000. Now that's good news. That is a number that people can really wrap their brains around? Absolutely. Whereas five years ago, wasn't it much higher than that? It was seven to eight. And five years before that, wasn't it a lot and higher 20, than that? 22 to 25. Yeah, that's Just what like I'm our remembering. TVs. Yeah. All right. A flat screen biofeedback machine. We do use a flat screen. Right, touch right tone. On, right on. So what are some additional advantages of this pelvic wellness program? It's far reaching. And I think the most important is the community. Most pelvic wellness centers that I set up are the only centers in the community. And you're providing local access to care for these women. Plus, the person who runs the pelvic wellness program goes out into the community. And one of the things I'm proudest of is going to a senior center, recruiting a woman to the pelvic wellness program. We found blood in her urine. She had advanced cancer. And because we brought her into the system, it's an access to the healthcare system. It's a portal. And we saved her life. Awesome. So it's really good for the community. It's good for the women. And it's good for the providers that they have now an articulate, excellent program to refer their women to. And it makes them look good if they're helping their patients. Wow. So how are you reaching out to, to make this more available to other clinicians right now, Helen? So what I'm doing is I have templates that have lots of community PowerPoint presentations. I have them educational forms. I go to the curves. I want us to be the curves of continents. And I have a little thing in the bathroom that says, if you're wet and it's not sweat, 
called the Pelvic Wellness Center. Oh, I love that. Yes. Fantastic. Well, Helen, you're very witty. You're brilliant. We're thrilled that you are here today with us to talk about your exciting new programs. How will people get more information about your yourself and your, your programs? They can go to my website, which is www.bladderhealthcenter.com. And I have all my articles, all my hints, how to sign up for my courses. So I, and they can take any information they want for their own. They don't even have to take the course. I'm willing to help them no matter what. I know. You've helped me so much over the years, and you're a great mentor, friend. I appreciate you being here today. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I particularly like to thank ReachMD. It's the second interview that I've done with them, and I had a great response when I did it. So this type of thing, advocating the nurse practitioners as being part of the new services of tomorrow for all these aging baby boomers is just great. Well, thank you again, Helen, and have a great convention here at ACOG. Thank you. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.